0: Welcome back to the Star and Five podcast. I'm not the One P Shark. I am the ref in training, because apparently anybody can be a referee nowadays. It's your man, the big man, at Tev Shakir. What it do, Grizz Nation? What up, guys?
1: What's <laughs> good? Partying like it's 2013 on Dylan Brooks Island. This shit got trev. I'll let you know why we partying like it's 2013.
2: And from there, I'll let you guys know why. It's time to, it's time to be real about some folks. It's time to, you know, it's it's time to be real and, and call it like it is, which is what we're known for on this podcast. I'm at underscore Scott Lead on Twitter.
0: But one thing we're known for to do is first is to give a, a huge praise, huge shout out, huge flowers, whatever you want to say. to I got John Morant winning most improved player of the year this year. The news just broke. So we're probably one of the first podcasts on you know from Memphis to do that. Thanks for rocking with us. Uh, how mm-hmm. y'all feel about that?
2: Um, excited for him. Excited for him in terms of that's nothing but good news. That's good news coming out of um, a team that we all grew up to watch. It's a team that we're all currently rooting for now. It's a team that, no matter how well or good they play, it's you know it's news coming from the organization. And so, for John Morant to be named um, as Most Improved Player of the Year, I'm not even sure. I think that's something we all were. Um, maybe speculating or maybe suggesting or hoping for it, maybe that he did. But in my opinion, and then I think in most of our opinion on this podcast, he is really more than deserving of, this, of the most improved player. There was discussions at times where he played like the most valuable player or at least deserved to be in that conversation. Uh, but at the end of the day, kudos to him. Shouts to him for the work that he put in um, in the off season. Shouts to the work that he put in. Uh, with this team, to give them the belief that they had a chance to win it, every single game uh, that the ball was rolled out for um, in the regular season, and we're in, now in the playoffs, and so they're on the brink of um, of advancing to to the next round due to his abilities and his talent. So I'm happy for him. Yeah,
1: back in 2013, former NBA player, former Grizzly Marcus saw won Defensive Player of the Year. And, of course, that year, there was a lot of debate whether or not that trophy should have been Tony Allen's. And a lot of people can make the case that it should have been Tony Allen's. I am happy that Ja won this award, but I'm still a little indifferent at the same time. Because that's Desmond Maine's trophy. I'm I'm sorry. It, it's, it's Desmond Bain's trophy. I get it. Ja took the next step in the superstardom. His average went up from 19 to short of 20 to a little bit over 27 a game. That's MVP-type stuff. Like, in the words of Joe, you should put him in MVP conversation, you're cowards. Like, he should have been a finalist for MVP, but we get why not. So, but in the end, um, like I said last week when we were doing our predictions, this is the NBA's way of giving Memphis something. Like, Memphis has to get something. You can't a team that was in the and projected to be in a play in the game. To ranked team, the second best overall team in the NBA. Memphis has to come away with some hard work. And um, kudos to Josh for all the work he's put in in the offseason and everything. Um, like I said, I'm happy for him, but that's Desmond Baines' trophy. I'm sorry. Because I think Josh should have been in the conversation.
2: But I think. Ben, uh, kudos. Mm.
0: Go ahead. I think the, on, the only pushback would be that statistically speaking and number wise, um, second year players don't win that award as much as we would love to see it. And we kind of saw a Grizzly get robbed of that trophy last year uh, with Kyle Anderson. You know, I was on that train where, due to his numbers and, you know, him being more comfortable in the Grizz rotation, he arguably could have won that trophy. Um, but I think when you look at John ja Morant's numbers as well, like he's a first time All Star. Uh, he's went from 19 points a game to 27 points a game, you know, averaging a career high of rebounds and field goals. And not to mention, you know, he was number one in scoring in the paint. So you got to give that kind of, you know, some credit. Um, I think if he would have played more this game, I'm well, not more this game, more this season, we'd be talking about how he could be winning MVP. Um, but you are, you are right for sure. Like they have to do, they do have to give the Grizzlies something. Um, Job Moran well deserved this one. Um, and I'm hoping that we get the coach of the year as well because taylor jenkins he did a hell of a job with this team as well but uh huge shout out to john morant um so now let's get into the negative of game three and game four um y'all know how i feel about it ref and training apparently anybody can be a ref any day so i'm literally i'm training right now to do it but what's your reaction on game three and four
2: yeah uh reaction for me is the NBA's ability or the league officer's ability to have various players, coaches um, call NBA officials out and them not speak a word on it. Right. And I, I, I get it from the perspective of like, you know, the refs are employed by the NBA and so they aren't going to come out and say, um, you know hey like yeah we understand that officiating could be better i get it from that perspective but because it's been so bad it's been so bad for so long throughout all of these games not even just in this minnesota and, and memphis grizzlies game but it's been bad throughout the entire playoffs and so i was kind of wish they would say something right like I, even like look at listening to debate shows like people talked about talked about how you know memphis Technically, technically should be down 31, and John Moran's not playing well, and Jaren Jackson Jr. is not playing well. This, that, and third. But again, nobody from any of these sports debate shows that I've watched talked about how bad the refing is, which, in my opinion, just comes from the fact that I believe they want to keep that on hush as much as they want to. Um, but it's it's so hard to gloss over. It's hard to not talk about the free throw disparity. It's it's hard to, it's, it's hard to not talk about um how teams that are um, down 3 0 or teams that are up 2 1, how somehow, some way in games four of this first round playoffs, that the team that was down by you know two or three games in the series somehow, some way averaged 35 40 free throws. You look at the Timberwolves, if you look at the Pelicans, if you look at um, I think the there the was an instance like that in the Hawks and Miami game, like. It's absolutely crazy how this officiating has been that bad um, and nobody utters a single word about it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you roll with the punches, and you know, you know, excuses can be made for everybody, and we don't live by excuses on this podcast. But at the end of the day, Grizzlies have to play better. And so I'm pretty sure we'll get to that later here in the podcast. But the officiating has been absolutely terrible. Um, Trevor, uh, not Trevor, too, I'm pretty sure you could be a ref, all you have to do is apply. And they'll probably roll you out some benefits day one because they need that much help. So no, I'm in, bro. I'm moving.
0: I'm in training. I'm in training. I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, one one page application. It was a couple of questions. You know, what I'm saying? I'm in.
2: <laughs> right. I got you. Yeah. So I, I do. I do hope, pray, cross my fingers. Hope to God. Um, you know, pray to whoever you want to pray for. Or pray to that the officiating is better not only in this series, um, but throughout the rest of the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, like as true NBA fans that we all are. We want to see a good game called. Uh, We don't expect, or at least I don't expect refs to be perfect. I expect you to make, if you're going to call a call on one end, then to call it on the other end, and they aren't doing it. They aren't being consistent. Yeah.
1: To Taylor Jenkins' fine after his comments for game four, I saw this quote on Twitter, which was 100% true. If the fine is less than $20,000, then it means the person making the comment was actually right. And to Skylar's point, this – the officiating for this entire playoffs has been abysmal, and I, I saw it from the get-go in game four. Um, there's no coincidence there are four best players just so happen to have two to three fouls within minutes of the, of game four, which is, like I said, r- ridiculous. So, I mean, something needs to be done. I hope something done, but I don't think much is going to be done. And for those that's chalking that up to home cooking, yeah, you kind of expect that. But the bad officiate is just so blatantly obvious. It's like, why not even why not even take the court at this point? Um, it, it's again, we get, you're gonna get. There's gonna be some form of home cooking. But to Scott's point, if you're gonna call one, if you're gonna call one thing on one end, make sure you call it on the other end. Jaron Jackson fouled out of game four. Two of the fouls that were called on Jaron Jackson Jr. was because Carl Anthony Towns was out of control. Those shouldn't have been fouls on Jaron Jackson Jr. Brandon Clark got smacked in the head late in the fourth quarter by Patrick Beverly on a fast break, and it wasn't called. The thing you started on Dylan Brooks with the goal team to uh the start game for, plus him being fouled, which was not called and was called a travel instead. It, it's just and again, it's not even just with this series, it's all across the NBA. And I think it happened in the Jazz and Maverick series as well. I think the Jazz, the T Wolves, and I can't think of the third team, all shot four free throws. And that's just, and the fact that no one is even saying anything about that is just ridiculous at this point. But I'm not going to make excuses for the Grizzlies. We're going to get to it later about what the Grizzlies need to do, what adjustments need to be made because if we really want to be honest, the grid should be up 3-1 right now. And for them not to be up 3-1, for this to be a pivotal game five tomorrow, um, says something um, about them and how not well uh, the team has been playing as a unit. So, But we'll see.
0: I mean, my thing is, it will, it will sucks for this to be our last episode. Well, I guess we're going to do some episodes for, for sure, but the last episode of this season is because of officiating, you know, the NBA, this is, this is the the national basketball association. This is the NBA playoffs. This is when everybody's watching and you're subjecting fans in, in, in the arena and off the arena, watching TV, wherever they're watching to just, Watch basketball where there's no physicality. Like there's literally, we, we hear the old heads and the OGs talk about how you know the game isn't physical nowadays. And I mean, it's nothing that the players now can do, but we're getting a glimpse at it now because of the referees and how terrible the refs have been uh, have been this postseason. Like forty free throws, you're literally dictating who wins the game at this point. So I hopefully there is something the NBA could do. Hopefully a letter can be sent or something, but for these to be the best refs that you we can possibly get from the NBA to be officiating like this is kind of embarrassing. The NBA should kind of should ain't no kind of the NBA should be embarrassed about what's going on right now in the playoffs. This is when everybody's watching and let us let us let us, let the boys play. Let us have some fun watching basketball.
1: They are not embarrassed. They not embarrass them. Extra games bring in extra revenue. That's all I mean. I mean, I, I, mean I get on. it. Extra
0: games bring <laughs> extra revenue. The longer the game, the longer, you know, the more money they get with revenue. I get it. Maybe that is the case. I'm not saying it is, but I'm not saying it ain't either. But what I'm saying is if the NBA is going to be able to provide a product that people can watch without, you know, what I'm and we get it. It's the playoffs. Refs going to make a mistake every now and then. But the entire game, an entire series, it's out of control at this point. So hopefully the Grizz can 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 win it next two. We can definitely get into to what we think could happen. What's up, y'all?
1: Now that I think about it, I see why they did it because every series, if everything is called fairly, let's just call it keep it one hundred. Every series was either going to be a sweep or a gentleman sweep.
0: Agreed. I, I, every, I every, agree. Every every every
1: first round series was either whoever was up was going to win in five, or they were going to sweep.
0: And I think the NBA saw that after game, too. Like, the fact that we still lost by one after all that BS was was after game four, Those are like, just, just let us play. Let's go ahead and win so we can advance to the next round healthy.
2: Yeah, and for those that think that we just on this podcast just to make excuses for the Grizzlies or making excuses oh, no. for other for players like or for other teams, Tim Donahue, who, if you're a basketball fan, you know who Tim Donahue is. He's recently done a podcast where he discussed exactly what we just said Tim Dunn he's a former NBA ref that literally confirmed exactly what we just said where there are games where official or NBA officials or NBA the NBA will send um people you know other refs to say hey we should probably take a look a, a much deeper dive into this um and maybe call more fouls if the series is 2-1 if the series is 0 and it could it could potentially be a sweep or a gentleman sweep like we're not just like coming out the customer saying, like, this is a legit thing. So I, I I really hope people get a chance to go take a listen to their podcast and hear exactly what he got to say.
0: Interesting. Definitely go do that, y'all. So what's what's y'all series predictions? I call games, I call six games, hoping the Grizz can do what was supposed to have been done in two games ago. <laughs> in in two games, how y'all feel?
2: Um, you know, well, you know, let's let's like we all know what's going on here. So I'm just gonna call it Grizz and Seven. Um, I think the Grizzlies will um take Game Five. I'll be in attendance for Game Five on tomorrow, so that should be Liddy. I'm expecting the forum to be as raucous as it was on last week. Um, but I think you know the over the next two games, the, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves will split. Now, I will also say I'm very I could also see a scenario in which the Grizzlies take game six and ended in six, but, you know, the NBA wants to make their money. They want to do all that they can to recoup or uh, or regain the, after the the revenue that was lost in, during COVID and things like that. So um, I think it'll go seven because the league wants it to go seven.
1: I call six. I'm going to keep it at six. I think Grizzlies take care of business tomorrow night. I don't think the the Grizzlies are going to let this get back to Memphis for the game set. I think they're upset now because of the game So they they're going to come out guns blazing in game five. They're going to make sure to take their business in game five. Um, And I think we're going to get the job that we've been looking for finally. If we don't get it close, if we don't get a glimpse of it or at least a good portion of it in game five, You're damn sure gonna get it in game six. So, I I expect the Grizz to close this out in six, take care of business, and uh prepare for the next round.
0: I expect that as well. Um, lineup changes, of course, we've seen Coach Jenkins, you know, kind of tinker with the lineups. How y'all feel about the lineup changes? Y'all think Tillman gonna start uh tomorrow, or you know, Adams, who I still think should start and you don't have to finish him, but or you know, he even went with Clark. So, what who y'all think starting?
2: Um, I think some variation of going back and forth between Brandon Clark um and Cal Anderson, I'm not opposed to either one. Um, I'm still not a big fan of you can play Stephen Adams um in this series. I just wouldn't give him much minutes, just because not only can he like not guard Carl Anthony Towns, but he can guard anybody on the on the Timberwolves. Because if you go back to game one, like they were picking at him, picking on him religiously over and over and over and that's why i that's why i think the Timberwolves were kind of able to um to win game one just because the Grizzlies weren't able to get stops and they weren't able to get stops because there was a lot of time that stephen adams was on the floor now you could also say that um you know grizzlies in a sense didn't play well with calder and starting i think that was game three i think and xavier tillman didn't necessarily perform well in game four yeah. but again going back into the free throw description like it's been absolutely crazy um players have been called for ticky tech fouls and you know we you you would hope that as you get into the playoffs that what they would normally call a foul is not a foul and you know they would at least call it on both ends and so I just think to what Trevor said like there's been some form of home cooking for the Timberwolves over the past two games so I still think uh Taylor Jenkins believes in what his lineup um I believe I think he believes in the lineup he's put out there um i think he believes that what he's doing is working um, uh, which is why he's called out the, the officials um, um over the past game so uh we'll see um I, i'm just for whatever lineup gets us a dub i really could care less who that who that lineup is i just hope that you know somebody in some form of fashion can do a better job of carl anthony Towns because in, in, you know in my opinion he's outperforming jaron jackson jr for whatever reason you want to say that you know Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't giving given given a fair shot to at least come back at Carl Anthony Towns. He's not. Carl Anthony Towns has two games where he scored at least two, 30 points. In my opinion, those are the games that you lost. Find a way to limit Carl Anthony Towns' uh, field goal percentage, his productivity, and him being able to go to the free throw line. Carl, Carl Anderson or Xavier Timmer will do that for you.
1: Exactly, Moon. Um, but the line of Line changes have worked wonders. Um, I think for the first couple of games, Kyle Anderson did do a pretty decent job on Carl Anthony Towns, kind of limiting him. But to Kyle's point, he does. In the two wins that Minnesota has, he's went for well over 30. Um, You can play Stephen Adams in this series, but to what I've been saying for the past two weeks, Minnesota just plays five out. So there's like nowhere, like Stephen Adams is going to be on the island regardless. They're just going to run pick and roll with whoever he's guarding, and then it's an isolation with the guard or whoever, or Carl Anthony Towns, for that matter, on Stephen Adams on the perimeter. And Stephen Adams' guard on the perimeter, that's a huge uh, no-no on our end. So uh, as far as the lines is concerned, yeah, that's that's great.
0: I would like to see a little I was just about to say line. that, Trev. I was, um, I was just about
1: to say that. Melton has given us nothing in this and as I say, it is he may come out in game five and just have a big game because we always talk about how role players play their best ball when they're at home. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Anthony Melton has a great game where he's like shooting the lifestyle he has about between 15 and 20 points for the Grizz. But until then, I would look to see what John Contra can give you on um, with a little bit of the uh, Anthony Melton's minutes. Uh, we'll get to Triple J in a sec, I believe, and uh, what he needs to do as well because he has been outplayed by Carl Anthony Towns, so I agree 100% wholeheartedly there. Um, but any lineup that gives us the dub, of course, is going to be great. Uh, but I think what's worked for Memphis is start starting Tillman actually worked in game four. Uh, he just picked up two quick fouls and ended up having to go to the bench, and then Taylor Jenkins had to go immediately with Brandon Clark. So I will stick with that. Um just to see what's up. Or if you want to go back to a starting Kyle Anderson, you can. i one of those guys will actually do wonders for you
0: there you go and it's funny that you actually brought that up we actually had a, a dress question for the week um from bad news Boya. boy Hope I said that right oh, I forgot him and yeah go ahead. Oh, no you good you good we can, definitely, uh, we can definitely answer with me and Lito um is the Anthony Melton has been struggling mightily this series which he has been is it time to see is it about time we see John Cartwright get some minutes Trev you definitely just took all the words right out of my mouth i hopefully hopefully I'd like to see it sooner than later Uh, John Cartwright is one of those energy players, just like Tillman, who can change the effect of at least a game with his effort, um, especially with his three-point shooting. But I just remember that game he had with like 14, 15 rebounds. And I think if it gets to it, that can be that energy that we can use. Um, And and hopefully we can get to see John – Big John on the the, the court soon.
2: Yeah, and I I think – if I'm telling James, I still try to give De'Anthony Melton some type of run but in my opinion he's on a quick leash and i do mean a quick leash just because exactly. you've seen if he continues if he continues to be bad in game five then at that point you know ingress is bliss and so you might as well just like hey i gotta try something different just for the sake of it so you let john Car, Karch- you let john carter see what you see what you have in john Car. in my opinion he typically plays well at home because Memphis Grizzlies fans love him, and so he kind of feeds off that. So maybe if you put De'Anthony Melton on a quick leash um, in game five because you're at home, but then maybe you give him a little bit more run game in game six because at the end of the day, granted, we know De'Anthony Melton does not perform in the playoffs. Yes, we see that. But Lord, when he plays well, when he's on, he's on. And he typically leads the Grizzlies to a win if, If a starter struggles or something like that, if Desmond Bain struggles, because I think as well as Desmond Bain has played, he's kind of a dude. That's the law of averages; he's due for a bad game. So you got to find some way to replace that as well. So I'm cool with the John John. Yeah.
1: If if there's any game just to kind of defend Anthony Nelson, if there's any game where he's due for a good one, it's the one tomorrow night. It's a perfect scenario for him uh, to have. And the Skylar Swain Desmond Bain is going to have a bad game. Like he's played extremely well this series. Is like you said, law of averages. He's due for a bad game, so who's going to pick up that slack for him? And I think it'd be, it be, I think it is the Anthony Melton. But again, quick leash. If he's not giving you uh, anything, or if he's giving you more of the same, just see what you can get with John Conchard.
0: Agreed, agreed. And then one thing about um, just players stepping up is Jaron. I know we can talk briefly about him. We can talk all day about Jaron. but currently he's averaging just ten points a game, um, six rebounds. Three blocks still doing his thing, but of course he just can't stay on the court. So, I mean, what's y'all opinion on Jaron? And, you know, what's if he can stay on the court, what difference can he make for the rest of the series?
2: Jaron Jackson Jr., the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies are going to win this series, that must mean that he has turned around his ability to stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court. Playing in Well, there's one more huge factor, and the other huge factor is John Morant playing well too. At the end of the day, if John Morant is the John Morant of the regular season, the Grizzlies move on and there's no questions to be asked, and they probably finish it in six. Uh, but the other caveat to that is, you know, Jan Jackson Jr. has to play better. He has to play well. Yes, he has not been on the right side of a lot of foul calls. I, I agree with it. But at the end of the day, adjustments must be made. Um, and so he has to do whatever he can do. To stay out of foul trouble, to stay away from the ticky tack fouls, stay away from the offensive fouls that sometimes are offensive fouls, or he's just it's just him battling for a position to get a rebound. He has to be able to kind of stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court. If he can do that, if John Moran can play, can play better because he's not played well and you know there is some speculation out there that he's hurt, I get it. But if we're gonna if, if I'm gonna call out Zach Levine um and his ability to not perform well for the Chicago Bulls when he's hurt. Have to be I have to be the same and do the exact same thing for John Moran. I get it. You're 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 not healthy at this point, honestly, nobody's healthy. So it's a matter of you know, that that will, it's that thing that Draymond talked about, um Draymond Green talked about is you know, it's one thing to be in a regular season, it's one thing to put up with one thing to put up those stats up in the regular season, but can you do it in the playoffs? And in the regular season, we saw and we and we applauded Jaron Jackson Jr. for his ability to stay out of foul trouble to lead the league in blocks, to be a potential defensive player of the year. That was all fine and dandy. But now it's the postseason. And right now he isn't holding up his end of the bargain um, by guarding Carl Anthony Towns and doing whatever he needs to do to rebound and stay on the floor and help the Grizzlies defensively. That's the issue. That's the problem. Hopefully he can come back from it. Jaron has to give you something on the offensive
1: end. I I no evidence that he has to stay out of foul trouble. He has to stay on the floor. But when he is on the floor, on the offensive end, he has to give you something. And it's been time and time again. I don't know if this is part of the sets that the Grizzlies run or if this is just him just deciding to sit at the three-point line. You have to find a way to get some easy baskets, man. There was literally one possession, and I think it led to a turnover from him, now that I think about this, he had, I believe he had D'Angelo Russell on him on the switch. And then eventually uh, Anthony Edwards switched on to him. You're close to seven feet. There's no way you should not be on the low block asking for that pass. Now, if there's an offensive foul there, I will, I live with that because it's like, okay, at least we made an attempt to throw the ball down to him, and he made a nice move to the basket to get an easy basket, and it just didn't go our way. But if you're going to just see at the three-point line and chunk up threes then, and you're basically just playing into the defense's hands. Now, granted, he had, he, he is capable of knocking them down, but I'm just going to be honest: he's his percentage has dipped this uh this season in this regular season. So yeah, you got to find a way to get some easier baskets. On top of the obvious, which is staying on the floor, stay staying out of foul
0: trouble. Like he has
1: to give you something on the offensive end, like just something. Like this, this ten points is not going to get it.
0: I couldn't agree more, bro. And law of averages, he's going to do that in the next game, game five, back in the MEM, Leo. Make sure you cheer for the both of us while you're there, bro. But, uh, you know, I'm still a reference trainer, so make sure you all follow me at Tev Shakir. I will let you all know um, how my application and how, you know, my interview process. I'm pretty sure they're going to have me on the court real soon because, like I said, anybody can be a ref nowadays. Uh, hey, sure I wonder if they'll
1: that. get you on for game seven. I don't know. Right, I'm trying to
0: get on Game Six. You know what I'm saying? But we we gonna see. I keep our posts again. Make sure y'all follow me hey. at share, Follow the pod at at Star and Five, the number five M E M gentlemen. I come on,
2: mute. Uh, I'm at underscore lead on Twitter. I'll be there for Game Five. Y'all cheer me on. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure. Cheer I might have me voice. on.
0: You act like you want to quit.
2: You might as well. You might as well. Um, uh, but no, at underscore lead on Twitter, I'll be. I'll be at the game tomorrow. I'll be excited.
1: Yeah, I'm at the yard of Trevor. You guys know of the preposition, but my question to those out there do you guys still want to trade Dylan Brooks? Because
0: let's, let's let's talk about that next episode. If this is the last episode. <laughs> and of course, make sure y'all follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN. Grizzly's the dopest grid content you'll find on the net. Until then, hopefully this ain't the last episode, y'all. Please. agree